Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Backpack Broadcasting continues to bring you the best original sports content, but now you can get more of the content you love. For as little as $3 a month, you can get access to bonus content, including behind-the-scenes footage and interviews from the Sports Walk, Sideline Stories, or the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. All this exclusive content comes via Patreon. There are tiered levels of patronage, and each Backpack Broadcasting patron receives exclusive perks. Your support helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become a patron today. Hey, Hard to Tell podcast, episode 117. We are still recording from home because of that Rona. We're trying to stay safe, practice our social distancing. Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca in Queens in the Ridgewood Studios. I'm here in the Henry Henry Studios. We have our guest, who's a Brooklynite, so I love her for that. But she is down in wonderful Jacksonville, Florida, Um, even though she's giving me the look that Jacksonville might not be that wonderful. <laughs> Maria Frischilla, social media guru, women's fitness extraordinaire. She is the feature of the new Sideline Stories produced by yours truly in Backpack Broadcasting, um, where we are focusing on women uh, in bodybuilding. It is great. You should check it out. Uh, it's called Comfortable Being Strong. New Sideline Stories features Maria Frischilla. It'll be a multiple-part series. So more parts will be coming out shortly. But with all that being said, Brian, how are you doing? I mean, you know, taking vitamins, working out, getting work done from inside, not getting sunlight. <laughs> yeah, you look you look kind of pale over there, man. Doing. Look, man, I like I haven't been to a beach in well, I didn't even go to a beach last year and we weren't under quarantine anyway, because I'm not really a beach person. Um, but you know, it's it just, just doing what we could, you know what I'm saying? Just staying, staying responsible out here not trying to get, not trying to run out of peanut butter and not trying to get in trouble. All these great things. Um, you also know, you also noted that Ridgewood is in Queens and I just want to remind you again that it is, ve- it was right there, right there next to Bushwick, yeah. but we're not going to have this discussion you're not, again. You're not Literally Brooklyn. one block. Code's not Brooklyn. You can't I'm, argue it. No, it's not. However, however, I'm literally on the board i'm not gonna give up too much info because people might actually find me although they wouldn't find me now because we're all under fucking house arrest at this point uh so yeah i'm like on the literal border of where that sort of uh connects and stuff all right he's but from Queen. he's from queen let's talk to the brooklyn night well, <laughs> maria how, maria how are you doing down in jacksonville how's how are you doing i'm doing um 
Florida is not as locked down as New York, so I can still you know, should be. drive my car. It's it 100% should be like that's that's not even a fucking joke. Miami yeah. just put a curfew in on Friday, just Friday. Damn. And it's like uh. y'all just had spring break. Like what are what are you doing? The, uh. the fucking governor of Florida is gonna end up coming for me. I can feel it. My FBI <laughs> agent is gonna like send him to me. Um, but no, nah, Florida it, it's. It's all right. Jacksonville is Jacksonville. Believe it or not, people are actually like listening to the social distancing stuff, except Good. for all the idiots in St. John's County yesterday. Um, Duval closed all the beaches. That's my county, but the county next to us is St. John's. Duval closed all the beaches like two mo- two weeks ago, rather, and St. John's kept the beaches open. So yesterday, they mm. on the news they had like a, a pan a panoramic like aerial shot. And it went from Duval, which was completely fucking empty, to St. John's, which was packed with people. And now they finally closed that, too. And I'm just sitting here, and I'm like, what, what are you people doing? Like, just you can go lay in the grass. Like, you, <laughs> we have sun. Like, you don't have to go to the beach. Right. Like, I literally go out behind my apartment and sit in the grass next to the lake or man-made pond or whatever the fuck they call it down here. I don't know. It's a small body of water that someone put there. I don't know. But yeah, like, people not people not taking this seriously. We've talked about this the last couple episodes. It's just it's it's absolutely crazy. But glad you were doing good. I guess we'll kick it off by talking about the sideline story you're featured in. Uh, I executive produced. Uh, everybody here has been part of a sideline story, so that's good. Brian had his fantastic lock altura piece he did. Um, documenting this for me was interesting, you know. But watching you. Let me explain to people, you were going uh, training for a competition, a figure competition, and this kind of shows your process of working up to that. There's a lot of things we touched upon in that. What was that like for you? I know that's almost two years ago now, but training for uh, that competition because you had come from the powerlifting world moving into bodybuilding. Yeah, so besides the fact that I had to count up to like 15 to do reps, um, it was probably one of the hardest things I've done. Um, you know, I had come out of grad school, gained a little bit of weight back with stress, wasn't hitting the gym as much. And I just needed something to kind of motivate me and push me. So I decided to do the bodybuilding.com, um, 250 K challenge. And I was like, screw it. If I could win $250,000, that'd be great. Like whatever. Right. <laughs> um, didn't win that, but mm, whatever. I ended up cutting like 15, 16 pounds. And I was like, you know what? I want to do a figure show. I've always wanted to do one. There's one like right before Memorial day weekend. Like this is perfect for me. Um, so basically I had worked at a gym prior. I was a personal trainer and I spent all my time at the gym anyway. You know, my friends were bodybuilders or bikini competitors or power lifters. So I had the support system there. I was already meal prepping all my meals. So I was like, all right, I just have to get better at that. Um, so I basically kind of just got into it. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I should have never competed in that show because I was not conditioned enough. I was not big enough. Um, I stood on that stage next to like six foot fucking gazelles and I looked like a fucking fire hydrant. <laughs> I was standing there and I was like, yeah, I look great. And then I like looked at the pictures and I was like, oh God, I looked like I belonged up there, but I definitely should not have competed, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was It was something though. It was, right. it was hard and it took a lot of time. I mean, I was working full time in the city, so I was getting up at 3am doing an AM session at 3.30am, 
going home, eating, working from like 8.30 to 5.30, didn't get home till 7, had to eat, went to the gym for another three hours, ate again, went to bed, and repeated that same cycle for 16 weeks. I, I will tell for people. I will tell people for listening. I watched Maria go through it and documented a lot of this with uh, our friend and former producer of the podcast, Matthew Feniza, Watching a lot of that happen, and it was like I saw how tired you were and how much you put in. And as somebody who used to personal train and was very much into bodybuilding, um, I know the work that it takes to to compete for that. I hope people see that through you know further things in the process. We're gonna come back to that and. Comfortable Being yeah. Strong, Sideline Stories. You can find it on Backpack Broadcasting's YouTube channel. Also on the Backpack Broadcasting Facebook page. Um, definitely check it out. I think it's really good. Uh, through this coronavirus pandemic, how are you staying in shape? How are you staying fit? Because I know Brian, Brian's been working out. I've been trying to find ways to work out while I've been healthy. We've talked about that. What are you doing to stay in shape and stay fit through this? Honestly, I am just trying my best to stay mentally sane. Um, Physically, I really, honestly, I care about my physical health, but to me, my mental health is more important. Um, Being isolated and being stuck inside is not great for people that have depression and anxiety. So being that I am one of those, um, I'm just trying to, you know, get out for at least 20, 30 minutes a day, like whether it's going for a walk or going for a drive in the car, just sitting in the sun just something to like kind of get me out of my house. Um, You know, before this all happened, I started working remotely. So I had all these like plans to, I'm going to go to the library this day. I'm going to go to Starbucks this day. I'm going to work from here that day. I'm going to do walks. I'm going to do this. And all that's gone to shit. So I'm kind of trying to make my house not like a prison. I'm trying to make it more of like a, a hangout, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes Um, sense. So yeah, physically though, you know, I've been running here and there. My coach is great, so he's been writing me like kind of different programs and all of his clients as well, depending on what we have access to. I bought a, like a forty pound sandbag so that this way I can do like you know squat press, overhead press, anything that I need to do with that. Um, but my nutrition is what I'm trying to stay on top of. You know, ensuring I'm drinking enough water, ensuring that my protein intake is correct. You know, I was telling you guys before I bought twenty pounds of rice at Costco three weeks prior to this shit happening. And it was the best purchase of my life. I was like walking around with like a fucking handbag, like a handbag full of rice. And my friend is like, why do you need that much rice? I was like, I don't know. I just, I like rice. <laughs> now, now I'm like, fuck you. I have enough. I have rice. You don't. Like, yeah. Exactly. Oh, man. I, I do regret not buying the 35 count of toilet paper that day though. But <laughs> a lot of people You're going to see me like struggle busting paper towels at some point. <laughs> Oh man! You you mentioned Maria. You mentioned the sandbag. I was wondering about so the at home workouts you're doing. What are they? What do they typically consist of? And you know things like that to help stay in shape. Because obviously you know a lot of people are trying to do these at home workouts now. But a lot of them you see them. There's a push up challenge going on. A lot of people are just doing sit ups, a standard thing. So I guess how you know what are the ways that you're trying to uh, be creative while doing this from your home. Yeah, so my normal training is a four-day split, um, two lower body days, two upper body days, whether I have access to a gym or not. Um, so I squat or do some sort of variation of squats at least three times a week. Um, on one of my upper body days, I end up doing front squats, so I've kind of kept that in the groove. Um, I have resistance bands as well that kind yeah. of help if I need to do you know, biceps, if I need to do rows, if I need to do things that the sandbag isn't working for. But it's been a lot of like conditioning too, like burpees, 
spring things that I fucking hate to be honest. <laughs> hate those two but body weight was, exercises. They they suck so bad, but I mean <laughs> it's it's doing the job. It's getting me active. It's getting me to do something. You know whether I'm doing you know. I'm using the sandbag and I'm doing cleans and I'm doing jerks, or if I'm just doing front squats, back squats, lunges, you know, sandbag throws, whatever it is that I can get my hands on. That's what I'm trying to do. Um, but I'm actually taking this time to really focus on my mobility as well. So like whether it's making sure my hips are more flexible. So if it's like when I go back to powerlifting, you know, I can pull better or I can squat better. I can ensure I hit depth because after right. my last competition, I need to hit fucking depth because that was, I shit the bed, um, <laughs> but no, just kind of focusing on all of my like imbalances and the things that I lack is kind of what I'm using this for. Um, someone posted on Instagram the other day. It's like all the people with the smallest totals, which in powerlifting you get, you average out or you add up the, the three lifts, your best attempted all three lifts and you get a total at the end. And someone was posting and saying like all the people with the smallest totals are the ones complaining about not having access to a gym. Mm. And I'm like, that's mm. actually pretty mm. funny because mm. all the big lifters are actually like, all right, I need some time off. Like, this is good for yeah. my body. Body, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, where yeah, are you? On sleep and stuff. But. Where, where are you now, Maria? Are you somewhat? Because I know you've you've kind of went from powerlifting to bodybuilding, and you sound like you might want to go back. Like, where are you in terms of your training right now? Are you still just doing uh, bodybuilding, or are you trying to mixing a little bit of both? Where are you? So I am full-time powerlifting right now. Um, I've been pretty full-time powerlifting since May of last year. Um, I did a meet in November. Excuse me. I did a meet in November, which was really, really good. Um, I hit a 330 squat at 140 pounds, which was awesome for me. Um, And then I went to another prep for a meet in Miami in February, and I got struck throat the week before. Uh, or like three days before, both, and then both of y'all got slapped with that recently. Yep. Oh, I got, I got whooped. My ass yeah. was whooped. Um, <laughs> but I got, I had to get another cortisone injection in my shoulder two weeks prior to the meet, and then because my sh- my bicep tendonitis, my AC joint tendonitis mm. was like all screwed up. Mm-hmm. So I got another cortisone shot. I got strep. I went to compete. I hit my opening my opener squat at three oh eight. My second squat, my left knee wasn't wrapped tight enough, so I didn't hit 336. My third squat, I missed depth by, like, a quarter of an inch. So they called me, and I would have had a 336 squat. Damn. Bench, I hit. I just had to just take two attempts instead of three because of my shoulder. So I ended with, like, a 133 bench or something, which isn't my best. But given the circumstances, whatever, um, in between bench and deadlifts, I was laying there, like, trying to take a nap because I was gassed. Like, I was fucking fried. And I like looked at my friend Michaela and I was like, dude, how do I get energy? And she's like, that's the wrong question to be asking. At this point. <laughs> like, we went for deadlifts. I hit my opener. I couldn't hit my second or third attempt for shit. And then I went outside and cried and punched a wall. So that Aww. was great. Um, it was like, honestly, that's the, the first time I've ever performed badly at a powerlifting competition. And it humbled the shit out of me. Like it really, it, it fucked with my head really bad. To the point where I almost didn't want to powerlift anymore because my comp- my platform confidence is like shot right now. Which one? Which which one do you like better? Because you know we when you watch these sideline stories pieces, you're going to see Maria kind of stepping into a new world of bodybuilding for her at that time. But she had more experience doing powerlifting. Which one do you like better, the powerlifting or or the bodybuilding? I'm somebody who always 
marvels at the powerlifters because it's not what I've done. I prefer bodybuilding much more, but it's it's a different mindset, as you know, Maria. But mm-hmm. which one do you like better? So there are like, I don't know. There are two sides to both. Um, so bodybuilding, I like not being in pain because when I powerlift, <laughs> constantly in pain. Everything fucking hurts. My soul, my joints, my muscles. Your soul. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything. Um, bodybuilding, I like being shredded because who doesn't like being super fucking lean? Like I had a right. full six pack. I felt the best I ever felt. But then... Once that meet was over, you know, peak week, the week of your meet is mm-hmm. shit. You're loading water, you're cutting water, you're tanned. I look like a sweet potato. Like, you're, like, really dark. And then all of a sudden, it's show day. You have no water in you. All you're eating is fucking rice cakes. And then you're walking around in stripper heels, which, good for the strippers, because I don't know how the fuck they do that. <laughs> but like you're Shout out to the strippers like, out there. Exactly. Shout sure. out to them. Like you're walking around in these six inch clear heels and a bathing suit that barely covers your vagina, like barely. And you're expected to look super hot. And then you come home and like I ate and then I threw up everything I ate. You were making, like, my stomach you were making nobody want to ever body build ever. Honestly, <laughs> leading up to the competition was fantastic. Like I pushed my limits. I felt great. It was the rebound after. Mm. Um, I I planned so in like three weeks I gained like fifteen pounds back, and I was a fluffy motherfucker. Like I was, <laughs> I was a thick, thick, thick bitch. Um, <laughs> it, it, was, it was bad. It was like I went from a like I went from a size eight to a size two to a size eight in like two weeks. It can happen like that though. It can happen. It was like. I remember I, I went to Disney the next week for my friend's birthday and I didn't try on shorts or anything because I'm mean and I don't plan well and none of my clothes fit because I was that blue. And I was just like, you know what? My ankles were like super huge because of flying, stall, eating shit. And I was like, you know what? I don't know if bodybuilding is for me anymore. Like, I just, I don't know. So I jumped right back into a powerlifting prep right after that meet. And I was like, you know what? I'm stronger. It was like the first time I competed in the 165 class. And for powerlifting, you have to weigh in under that specific number. I went to weigh-ins at 167.3, cut water for like 24 hours, and weighed in at 164.8. I just made it. Wow. Literally, on meet day, I bulked back up. I was 172 on meet day. Wow. Like... I, I have never, even when I was my most depressed, when I thought I was like my thickest, I was never 172. Right. Mm. I stepped on the scale and I was like, oh, is the weight cutting process similar to the ones that they do with MMA or is it less probably rigid because you're probably not cutting as much weight uh, under that deadline? So it depends. Um, USAPL, which is drug tested. I don't compete in that one, but I'm natural, but it's drug tested. They only do two hour weigh-ins. So you cut the water and then you have to get an IV to, to like hydrate back up. Yeah. Yeah. Like like, severe ones. Um, I've had friends that have cut 30 pounds in three days. It's insane. Like just to weigh in. Yeah. I'm not like, I'm a good power lifter. I'm not the best. I'm not great. I'm not elite. So 
I don't really care about weigh-ins. The most I've cut is like two pounds of water. Um, like right now I'm sitting at 148.2 and I have to be under 148.8 to compete. So I'm not competing until November most likely, but you know, I'm trying to stay in that frame. So that this way it's not that much of a toll on my body, yeah. but like bodybuilding is a lot more similar to MMA in a sense, depending yeah. on if you're a male competitor, because men usually have to be in a certain weight frame. So like you'll see right. a lot of the classic guys they're sitting in a sauna and they're fucking sweating their shit out before they get tanned um but powerlifting i mean my coach when he cut weight he only had to cut like three or four pounds for his last meet and he had to get an iv and rehydrate mm. so i mean it really all depends on how your body takes cutting water versus anything i'm a big proponent of like why don't you just diet down prior so you don't have to do of, as like, much cutting. at the end right yeah. Yeah, because sometimes it can really take a toll on your strength. You know, if you're cutting ten pounds of water the week prior, you might not hydrate back up quick enough. And then your joints are gonna you're gonna start cramping, your muscles are gonna cramp, your joints are gonna hurt like a fucking bitch. Like it's just to me personally, like unless there's money on the line, it's not worth it. Right. Like, at all. The Sports Walk is back. Watch season three of Backpack Broadcasting's original web series that brings you the opinions of real sports fans. The first two seasons and current season are available now for viewing on the Sports Walk YouTube channel and Facebook page. Check out the 2017 NYC WebFest official selection and see what other sports fans have to say on the hottest issues in sports today. It's easy. Just take the Sports Walk. In the first, uh, in the first part of this piece, one of the big focuses as we're coming, we're closing Women's History Month was a lot of stuff you talked about in this piece. People see were the stereotypes of women when it comes to bodybuilding or just being in the gym, right? And mm -hmm. I thought one of the things you said interesting in the first piece was all women should get on the gym floor, stay away from just wanting to do cardio all the time. And you pretty much like get on the gym floor and, you know, actually pick up some weights and, and, and do that. Could you talk about why that's important and also some of the things, because you and I talked about this on camera and off camera, that you just face the challenges as a woman being in the gym, the things people said to you, the sexist things you've heard. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, could you talk a little about what it's like being a woman in the gym and why, why weights are important for women and it's okay to be strong? Mm. Yeah. So as a New Yorker, I'm a ball buster. That's what I do. I can hang with the boys. I bust balls nonstop. Like, if you see me in the gym, I'm going to be like, what are you doing, you bitch? Like, pick up heavier weight. Like, let's go. Like, push yourself. Like, don't be a bitch. I'd love to, I would love to hear you say this to Brian. I would love to hear you say it to Brian. <laughs> Why? Because he, he's, he's probably working you out with some lightweight. The travel ban is lifted, Brian. Ooh. I'm going to follow you around everywhere you go. I'm You're going to the bodega? Don't be a bitch. I'm excited. <laughs> you, you, it's funny because you, I could see it because, like, I have, I have weights in my room now i could see you look at them and be like yo come on you gotta get some heavier shit there that. we go i like it <laughs> they're kind of heavy but like i know i know i know how it go Find me next time you train and i'll just be like don't be a bitch don't be a bitch <laughs> the whole time but i i i bust balls with the best of them so when it comes to fitting it on the gym floor now i can walk into any gym and feel comfortable 
Like that's just it's it's taken years, but uh, now that's something that I can do. I thought it would have been the opposite because a lot nope. of people don't know what they're doing, and you probably it probably irks you when you're looking at that. See, it actually doesn't. That's the thing. Like I, being that I was a trainer for a while, and now I've been doing this so long, a lot of people, unless they're like, and this is not to be like getting at young kids, but like unless they're like sixteen year old boys who are like ego lifting. 99% of the gym population wants to know what they're doing wrong and not in like a, a sexist or a misogynistic way. Like, Hey, you know, if you put, you know, your feet a little bit closer and turned your toes out, you might have a better squat depth. Like something as simple as that, or like, Hey, you're not really lining up on the bar correctly. Let me move your hands in and I'll show you exactly how to do it. Like something's as simple as that, because we all belong in a gym. Like, I don't yeah. care if you're overweight, I don't care if you're underweight, I don't care if you're a chick, if you're a dude, if you're old, if you're young, I don't give a shit. Like, you're in there, you're bettering yourself, that's what you should be doing. However, when it comes to the people that think they're better than other people, I shut that shit down so quick. Like, <laughs> so quick. Like, how dare you come into a gym and talk shit about the people that are there? Like, how fucking dare you? I just, I don't have time for that at all. Um, because if you worried about yourself as much as you're worrying about everyone else, your total would probably be a lot mm, fucking higher. Agreed. That's first and foremost. But, you know, being a chick, when I first started working at a gym, there was like a lot of testosterone in the air. And that made me really fucking nervous, like really nervous because you go onto the gym floor and there's maybe two sets of 15 pound dumbbells, but underneath the 15 pound dumbbells are the 75s. So you have all these big burly ass dudes going, go, oh, oh, and like take them, <laughs> holding them up, and you're just like looking. You're like, what the fuck? Where am I? It like, can be, what it am can I be doing? intimidating. I, I can see that. Exactly. So what I really focused on when I was a trainer, when I worked at the gym, even now, you know, last year I launched um, my Fresh Fit 12 week program. It was a free 12 week training program for chicks. You know, like you want to learn how to lift. Here's everything you need. Um, in doing that, it was, let's get you more comfortable on the gym floor. Like, you know, there's all these things about like, women should be quiet. Like, don't take up too much space. Like, don't be too much. Don't be a bitch. Don't be aggressive. And it's like, no, take up space, be a bitch, be aggressive. You belong there. Like, whether it's work, the gym, whatever. Like, I don't give a shit anymore. Like, I'm like, you know what? I'm too old to be dealing with this shit. Like, if you can out squat me, you can talk shit. If you can't out squat me, shut your mouth. Like, I'm sorry. Like, Another one of the things you had said, Maria, in the piece was you talked about the importance of women empowering women and doing it through uh, what, whatever. It could be bodybuilding, powerlifting, whatever it is in the gym, but you spoke about that. Um, do you really feel there is an empowerment of women through uh, the physicality and things that are shown in the gym and, and seeing that? Or even making the statements like you said, like, hey, it doesn't have to be all about on the treadmill or the Stairmaster. You can get out and lift those weights we can see women do more diverse things in the gym. You know, how, how much of that empowering do you think goes on in, in the gym? So the statement empowered women, empower women is something I fucking stand by. Like strong women breed strong women. Like my mom doesn't lift, but she's the strongest bitch I know. So like <laughs> she empowers me to be stronger. You know what I mean? Like my friend Steph, like she's not super into fitness, but she's been hitting the gym. Well, before quarantine, she was hitting the gym. She's like, I can curl 10 pound dumbbells. I'm like, yes, you can. 
Like, <laughs> fucking curl them. Like, right. do it. Or my friend Lisa, you know, she's super into hit and like high intensity and kickboxing and all that. She's like, I did two kickboxing classes in a row. I'm like, good for you. Like, you get that conditioning. I did a half of a kickboxing class and I threw up. So good for you. Like, you do it. But then, like, my friend Michaela, she's 21. I met her down here. She just squatted 300 pounds in sleep, like, with no spot, with a walkout, everything. And I'm like, you know what? That's right. Like, fucking squat it. You can do it. You're a strong girl. Like, do it. Just squat. And I feel like when you build that supportive community, that's kind of, like, just, it, it makes everything easier. You know what I mean? Like, People get annoyed if they're not in the fitness community when they see all of these videos and shit. Like, I've been muted by so many people on Instagram. I can't tell you how many people have muted me. I'm like, oh, did you see my story? They're like, I muted you years ago. I'm like, oh, all right. My mom <laughs> probably wish to mute me too, but like, whatever. <laughs> but like, I can't tell you how many times I see PRs or like guys from the gyms in Brooklyn, girls from the gyms in Brooklyn, they'll send me their videos and they'll be like, look at what I just did. And I'm like, yeah, like that's fucking right. Like. You pulled 300. Good for you. You squatted four. Get the fuck out of here. Like, that's, like, the support that you need when you train. And, like, being that women are starting to take up more space in the lifting community, there's only more lifting up going on. There's a lot of powerlifting gossip and a lot of powerlifting drama. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, people talk shit left and right. But at the end of the day, like, if you're hitting a PR and you feel good about it, who the fuck am I to tear you down? Like, right. I'm no one. I don't care if you have a pancake squat where, like, your chest, your tits basically touch your knees. I don't care. I don't care if your hips shoot up first. I don't care if you're doing high bar, low bar, if you're in flats, if you're in heels, if you're in sleeves, if you're in wraps, if you're bare knees. I don't give a shit. You're hitting a good lift. Like, that's what we should be applauding. Like, you don't have to tear women down. Like, women should not be tearing each other down. And, I mean, I could go on a spiel about that in the lifting world, the professional world, whatever, but... That's how I feel about that. What, what, how long did it take to probably adapt this mindset, right? Because I don't, was this something that just happened overnight? Was it something that took a while to develop or did you always have it and did just, um, I guess, adapting into a male dominated society enforce that? Well, I mean, I've been in sports my whole life. You know, I used to play baseball when I was little and then you weren't allowed to play baseball anymore. So you had to play softball. And then I played basketball, but you weren't allowed to play during this time slot because that was the boys' time slot. Mm. And then when I went to college, I wanted to do sports. And then all of a sudden, I showed up to one of the things, and I was the only chick there. And I'm like, all right, so I need to put on a tougher skin. Like, I need to be tougher. I need to show that this is where I belong, and this is what I want to do. And, you know, I grew up – a lot of my cousins are dudes. Like, I have a little brother who busts my balls nonstop. Like, on my block, all the boys my, na my age – were, were boys like all the kids my age were boys so whether we're playing you know wiffle ball we're playing a pickup game whatever we're doing I was always the only girl so it's kind of a mindset that I like grew into but I didn't realize that I actually needed it until college and I have to say like my internship with CBS Sports my senior year we were covering March Madness obviously and I'm sitting in a room with Charles Barkley Wally Zerbiak Ian Eagle like a bunch of these big fucking guys that I used to just watch and I'm the only chick in that bullpen. Mm. And I'm like, I'm an intern and I'm the only chick. Mm. Like, how can I be top of my game? You know what I mean? And that just kind of carried over into like my everyday life too. I mean, and my professional life, you know, when someone talks down to me these days, 
if it's a guy, whether it's, you know, romantic, friendship, a colleague, a boss, I'm usually always just like, all right, I know that you don't intend to make me feel this way, but it makes me feel that way. So I would prefer it if we could have this conversation in a different tone or something. Like, I just, I, I believe that women are just as capable of doing anything a man can do. Um, you know, given we have different muscular systems and like different like proportions and things like that. But like, if you're good at your job, if you're a good lifter, if you're whatever, I don't think it should matter whether you're a chick or a dude. I think that you should be able to be looked up to and respected in the same manner, regardless. That's just that. No, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely agree. I guess one other thing to touch on is, we we did this when you were on the sports walk too, and and you spoke about this too. But you talked about sports affecting you know mental health as well too, and that's something that people will see in the later episodes of this uh, with sideline stories. But how much you know you've somebody you've somebody who's been very open about anxiety and depression, and, and Maria, you and mm-hmm. I have had conversations about this. Uh, how much has the has the gym been sort of a sanctuary for you? in dealing with uh, your mental health and you know I, I know it is for me but how has it been for you in that way when I was 15 and I was suicidal it was the only time in my life that I didn't play sports mm. out of all mm. the years of being athletic from age 13 to age 15 or age 16 almost I didn't touch a, a baseball I didn't touch a softball I didn't touch a basketball I didn't do anything um so athleticism is always or athletics athleticism athletics has always been my outlet um and when I broke up with my long-term boyfriend at the time um I was miserable I was devastated I I didn't know where to throw myself so I just went to the gym and I remember it was like two days after we had broken up and I had a, a meet coming up I was competing in May we broke up in April um and I I just remember going to the squat rack and loading it up and just fucking sobbing and people were coming up to me in the gym. And they were like, "You are right." And I was like, "Yep, yeah, I'm good. Like, we're good." And I just remember powerlifting was just that constant for me. Like, you know, the weight never changed. Like, 200 pounds is always 200 pounds, no matter what the fuck's going on outside. So I just remember being able to load up the bar and either squat it or deadlift it or bench it and just have somewhere to go. And for that hour and 15 minutes, two hour and a half, two hours, however long it was, I was by myself focusing on something, you know, when you focus on your breathing and what muscles you're engaging and you don't want to pee your pants as you're deadlifting or like whatever, whatever you're focusing on, there's nothing else outside that can get in. And the gym has always been like a place of solace for me. Um, Especially now, like when I moved down here, you know, I moved to a city where I knew fucking no one for a brand new job. And I I had no friends down here. I mean, I still have like a handful, but with this fucking pandemic bullshit, I can't see anyone. So I'm like, all right, we're back at square one. The first thing I did when I was down here, you know, me and my friend Lisa drove down and we parked, we looked and I was like, Lisa, let's go find a gym. She's like, what? We just got here. I was like, no, no, gym. Let's go find one. And we found one gym. I ended up joining it. And I stayed there for a little while. And then through Instagram, I met one of my friends. He was like, come train with us here. And I was like, cool. Like, sure. It's a fucking extreme ass gym with a powerlifting section. I was like, this is great. This is awesome. I joined there too. And then I was like, all right, I have two gym memberships. Who am I? And then a third gym opened and it's like 
real small. It's called The Pit. The owner, Eric, he's fucking fantastic. Um, he really, like, he cares about all of us and, like, whatever we need, he gets for us. If we need a specific bar or, like, a specific, like, machine or platform or whatever, he's like, Maria, I got you. Like, we'll get it. Like, don't worry about it. You know, and The Pit is, like, my home now. Um, I go in there. I go in with my coach, with a couple of my lifting friends, and we just go in there and we toss shit around and everyone works really fucking hard. And the more people I speak to in the powerlifting and bodybuilding community, the more people you realize have been suicidal or anxious or depressed or, you know, have had an eating disorder or something. And they all find the same solace just for different reasons. Mm. So like that to me is like the most important thing. And I remember like, so a couple of weeks ago, or I guess it's like five weeks ago, I got fired. Right. So I didn't have any health insurance anymore. So I was like, fuck, how am I going to talk to my therapist? Like, this is a big Mm. change. Like I'm in a city with no one. Like I don't have a job. I have no steady source of income. Like I don't know what I'm doing. And now I have no insurance. Like, how am I going to do this? And I just remember like, I went to the gym that night and I was, I played softball first. I drank a little bit. I played softball. Nice. It got rained out. And then I went straight to the gym after and I was like, fuck it. Like I need to lift. And I remember I was just sitting there and I was just squatting and I was just crying. And I was like, new gym, same Maria, same shit. <laughs> and I just remember like I worked out and like I felt my head clear. And then I kept consistently training. You know, I made sure to like set my alarm to get up at the same time. I did basically my same routine just without going to work. And slowly but surely, like, everything seemed fine and everything was fine. Are you, are you concerned about people being able just overall their, their mental and physical health during this time as somebody who's worked out and dealt with that? You know, Brian's been talking about that a little bit too, you know, on this podcast about trying to stay sane. And we we say that not to be joking, I think in any kind of way, it's like, yo, we're really trying (laughs) to stay sane here. Right. And when Brian says that, I I hear him in the things that he's trying to do. But like when you look at it, somebody who's worked with mental health and also the physical, are you concerned about people in this time being able to stay both physically and mentally uh, healthy? I think that this isn't just a global health pandemic. It's also going to be a mental health pandemic or a mental health crisis. Um, If we haven't seen a spike in suicide attempts or suicide you know, I don't want to use the word success, but rather completion. Um, we're going to see it soon um, because, like I said before, isolation is not good for people with those thoughts. I actually just today applied to be a uh, crisis text line counselor, like a volunteer nice. um, to like text with people that are in crisis and things like that. Because, you know, I always said, like, I, I you have to be who you needed when you were younger and like that's someone I needed. So whatever. But I think that people first off people never wanted to go outside before we weren't allowed to go outside so that's like first and foremost but like secondly i think that the rise in screen time is going to be really detrimental for people um not so much the fact that like they can't post on social media but i think that people's lives are going to kind of fall apart without being able to go out and do extravagant things or like adventure or travel um, cause you know, a lot of people live mm. for Instagram. So I see what you're saying. The, the, the people, media. you're talking about the people who will post things for the views of like, I'm doing this to kind of show the showiness yeah. of it. Right. Okay. I got you. I just want to make yeah. sure it's clear on that. Okay. Yeah. 
yeah, I think it's going to be the people that, that live through screens that are going to suffer the most. Um, because, you know, there are a lot of comparisons on social media. It's, oh, they're at this place. Like, why can't I be there? Or they look like this, or they have access to this, or they live there. But what is everyone going to do when they're stuck inside? Take for me back post. An undisclosed, uh, don't even get me started. <laughs> uh, a lot, a lot, a throwback every day. Yeah, yeah. If I, post, if I post a throwback pic of me, like, on an island somewhere, and I write, like, wish I was back here, you guys have full permission to slap me. No. <laughs> like, just fucking... I've already Get seen me. that started. I've the already Instagram seen it, hoes yeah. are already at it. The Instagram hoes are out here already. I mean, to be fair, do what you gotta do. I'm cool <laughs> with it. I don't mind. But, like, at the same time, we know you're sitting at home in your PJs. Right. Like, yeah. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is the first time I've put on real pants in a week, and you guys can't even see my pants. Right. It was just the thought that counts. But, like, you know, I think that mental health should be in everyone's forefront. That's why, like, when it comes to, like, elections and things like that, I'm always, like, I'm a mental health voter. Like, that's that's what it is. Like, I don't care who the candidates are, but if they're going to cut mental health funding or not make it easily accessible, that's something that sticks out to me. Mm. Um, but I'm hoping with, like, people being stuck inside that they'll at least be a little bit more open about how they're feeling. Like, one of my friends today, she's like, I've been so caught up with work and studying. She's like... I didn't even realize how sad it is to be isolated. And I was like, I feel you like mm. big mood. Like that is mm. for real, a big mood. Um, but I think it helps to know that like, we're all stuck inside. Like there's not going to be, yeah. like, we're that, all. Yeah. That's something that I was going to say. Like, at least, I mean, if there were any silver linings in that it's one, at least we're all sort of stuck in this purgatory. If you even want to call it that to go that far. And two, at least we do have phones so that, you know, and we do have technology where it's like, you know, people could have, people could watch certain things and really could just sit down and just watch TV and just catch up on shows all day if they wanted to. And if they couldn't work right now, most of us can't work right now in the way that we would like to. So at least there's these outlets uh, for people to sort of distract themselves. Whereas if this was 50 years ago, then you it'd, know, be, it'd, be, it'd be a lot a lot more of a dangerous place and at a time where people didn't value mental health the way they do now so or to, try to it or least. try to you know because you know a lot of people and we've talked about this on the it's like hey i'm not doing too great and they're like oh that sucks and you're like why the fuck did i reach out <laughs> Like, what the hell? Like, one of my friends, we have this conversation all the time where, like, one of our other friends, you know, claims to be, like, really into, like, mental health and, like, oh, yeah, I've got you, but it's only when it's convenient for them. It's mm. not, like, any other time. So, like, if my friend texts that person and is, like, hey, I'm not really feeling too great, like, I'm I'm really depressed, whatever, the other person will reply, like, oh, that sucks. How That's often rough. are you, yeah, yeah. New podcast alert. Life coaches Marguerite Pierce and Lindsay Jackson are bringing a rich blend of laughter, love, and wisdom to their podcast, Necessity. The pod seeks to reestablish the basic tenets of self-love, self-confidence, goal accomplishment, and the ability to love life on your own terms. Necessity is available on all major podcast platforms, so grab a cup and listen up as two coaches are on a mission to shift perspective one sip at a time.
how often are you, I guess, or this could be a question for both of you. How often are you hearing from people or contacting people that you probably normally wouldn't otherwise, because maybe you've thought about them for the first time in a while. And since we're all under this crisis, it's like, yo, I can reach out, <clears throat> reach out to some of my old friends who I've thought about in passing. And, you know, now we could actually have some conversations because we're not so busy as much as we used to be for yeah. at least the time being. Because I found myself talking to some old friends recently where it's like, yo, we haven't gotten to kick it like this in a while. Wow. You know what I mean? I, I always say, I'll say this before Marie responds. It, I think that's a good thing. And I've really started changing that in my life um, since last year, trying to reach out to people more, stay in touch with my friends more, checking on people. Sometimes we get busy. And you haven't checked in on people in a while. Like sometimes even Maria, I'll be like, oh man, I haven't checked in on Maria in a while. And I'll text her and make see how she's doing. Or any of my former student workers at St. Francis, I tried to do that. I think the shift for me in that in my life was my mom being sick and passing away. That changed a lot for me and being like, you have to be appreciative of this time to check in on people that you love and care about and really just take the time to be like, hey, how are you doing? And really mean that about how are you doing in terms of their mental health and everything like that you know sometimes it's okay to just hit somebody up to be like yo how how are you doing so with this that's going on to answer your question brian what i've been doing is some people i haven't talked to in a while or i haven't seen to in a while or i had some friends recently where we were supposed to meet up but now because of all this we can't meet up um one was my former co-worker and good friend of mine we just had like a facetime hangout the other night and we just had some wine and we talked and we couldn't be in <laughs> front of each other i mean that's what we'd have done in person but trying to make ways to still take those pockets of time and still hang with your friends and and still talk to them. I've been finding myself doing that because it's important. Like at least once a week I'm taking one person being like, "All right, we're going to FaceTime and hang out or Google Hangout or um, you know, my fiance and I, we have a group of friends in our community. We all every Friday, we're all doing a Google Hangout and just checking in on each other." So, I'm actually taking that stuff seriously and, and, and taking it important because, you know, as Marie is talking about, it's important for your mental health and, and we all, we all got to do it. You know what I mean? Like Brian and I, we always talk like, like probably like at least once a week or something on the phone to talk about the podcast. But even in this, it's kind of been nice to sometimes talk to him about some other stuff. We're like, yo, how's he doing? Or Marie, you know, I've texted you and talked to you about how are you mm -hmm. doing with the transition in your life and stuff like that? Because People need to talk about that. It's it's important. There's a lot of stuff going on affecting a lot of people in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. And that can't be ignored. You know what I'm saying? So we have to check in on each other. That's my that's me in the soapbox. I'm off it now. <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, I had a virtual happy hour on Oh, Wednesday that's what we're calling with, it. Virtual happy literally, hour. Like it. Yeah, with three of my friends from my first job. Um we call it the New York Roadrunners Alumni Club. And usually we meet up like once a year, but now we're doing it like once a week, which is fantastic. Um, <laughs> it's, it's so great. I, uh, I face, excuse me. I FaceTime my friend Nicole yesterday for like two and a half hours, just bullshitting. Like we talk every day, but like, you know, that face to face interaction is kind of a little bit more to me. It means more to me. Um, so we just talked and we bullshitted and talked about our lives and quarantine or whatever and I think I've mentioned Nicole to you guys she is in remission from leukemia so like she's been quarantined for the last year basically and she's like mm. now I can get out and do things and y'all fucks had to bring a virus and I'm like yep that's <laughs> seems yeah. to be yeah. um but then you know my mom and I Dex as you know me and my mom have a great relationship my mom and I talk 
every day, probably for like two hours. Yesterday, I was having a glass of wine. I was like, fuck, I want to have a glass of wine with my mom. So we FaceTimed. Then we brought my friend Jill on, who I've been friends with since like, I think I'm four. So we've been Mm. friends for 24 years. We brought Jill on. That's my mom's other daughter, her favorite daughter, because (laughs) she goes home. So we brought her on. And it was just like, it was nice to just be with people and like be around people. You know, I'm texting my friend Steph a little bit more because we all get busy. We all have lives. Like, yep. you know, you can't be mad at someone and you can't fault someone for not reaching out. Like at this stage in the game, like I live in a different state. Like I can't, I- I'm busy. You're busy. Like my friend's an accountant. It's accountant season. Like you're busy. You're doing your thing. I know if I need you or you need me, you're going to call me and reach out. Like we're best friends. That's what it is. My friend Lisa is a nurse. She's working crazy hours, so I'm trying to text her almost every day to be like, hey, love you. Have a safe day. Like, text me if you need me. Call me if you need me. Like, how's your head doing? Like, what's going on there? What are your fears? Like, let's talk Let's talk through them. Let's figure out, like, what we've got going on. So I think that, like, I was talking to my mom about it, and I was like, you know, I hope people are kinder after all mm. of this. Yeah. Like, I really hope yeah. people reevaluate their priorities and what's really important, like, are thousands of Instagram followers important or are the day-to-day relationships that you have important? Like, yep. Yep. I was also like, I started rewatching the Hills. This is like related. I promise. That's I started a, rewatching the Hills. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's and I was like watching it and I'm like, they never show any of them being shit faced. Like none of them are ever super drunk. Huh. They're all 21. Mm. None of them are ever super drunk there's really no like bullshit drama. And then I was thinking about like the bachelor and like, you know, the circle and like all these like reality shows. And I'm like, all they do is stir up shit. I'm like, that's all they do for ratings. Like will reality TV get better after this? Like, will it not Probably be like, not. 27 people? <laughs> like, I, I'm kind of hoping so. I'm still trying to get on the bachelor. Like if this is my audition tape, I'm ready. But like, I'm just, I hope that it gets like a little bit better and that people's priorities aren't just drama, drama, drama. No, drama that, that I hope too. And I, I'm with you on that, Maria. I, I am hoping that people value life more and everything that comes with it. Every moment, everything you're doing, being present, enjoying this podcast as you're doing it, enjoying the conversations yeah. you're having with people as yep. you're doing it, enjoying when you can talk to people. And giving a damn about your friends and checking in just to be like, hey, how are you doing? And really listening. You know, like you talked about that friend, Maria, where the person doesn't really mm-hmm. seem to be engaged and like they're there. It's one thing to just say you care about mental health. It's another thing to actually care about the people and really, really listen um, into that. I- I'm with you. I'm. That's the one positive I hope comes out of this, that people really appreciate the time and other people through this. I think if we do that, it can be better. Like, coronavirus sucks. You're right. Isolation sucks. Absolutely right. But I do think if we can learn to be better people and care about humanity as a whole, yeah, it could be a lot better I place. So. I hope so. We hope so. All right. We're going to do uh, One Time for Your Mind uh, this week. Brian's really excited about what he's got to talk about from One Time for Your Mind. So Brian, when Brian gets really excited about this, I usually leave him last because it's going to be something <laughs> because what happened last time. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's going to be something ridiculous or inappropriate. So that's not a bad thing for this podcast. Like I'll tell you that. This is my one time for your mind this week. Uh I'm excited about this new podcast is coming out with Van Lathan and Jamel Hill. Ooh, uh they are yes. doing a podcast on my favorite 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 television show of all time, The Wire. 
It's called The Wire Way Down in the Hole. Um, I think it'll start next month. Um, and Way Down in the Hole might be a really good tie into Brian's uh, one time for your mind. You'll understand what that means later. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm really excited for this. It's a good podcast. It's going to actually, if I have some time, I'm going to do my, I think this will be my fourth rewatch of The Wire. So I'm going to actually rewatch it while I listen to the podcast. So it'll be pretty cool. If you like The Wire, check it out. If you haven't watched The Wire, you can also check it out. Pretty good. That's my one time. I just want to, I just want to let you know. I just want to let you know that Van Lathan, oh, that's going to be on The Ringer, by the way. On The Ringer, yes. And I want to let you know that Van Lathan just did uh, Ryan Rosillo's pod uh, talking about this. So if he's doing pods, uh, you're going to have to put in a word for us to see if we could get something popping while we're all in quarantine decks. I'm just letting you know. I'll, I'll, see, I'll, see, what, I'll see what I can do. Maria, do you have any uh, news that's interesting for one time for you? We like to let our guests contribute when they can, mm-hmm. if they have something interesting. Do you have anything interesting to contribute to one time for your mind? Something that people should know about mm-hmm. that you found interesting. Something that people should know about. Oh, so this kind of relates to me and the work that I do. Um, okay. But I am a freelance social media manager for Spartan, you know, Spartan Race, Spartan Trail, all the obstacle races and things like that. Right. And I started a week before the coronavirus happened. So I was going in thinking I was creating content for X and we decided to completely switch and pivot to a 24 seven content stream, whether it's training mm. mind, everything. We went from an event based company to a 24 seven content company. Um, so my team actually started this thing called unbreakable TV and you know, it's training with our ambassadors um, every morning, the CEO, starts out with like an hour long like workout and talking and whatever um we've got nutrition we've got mind stuff and then it complements all the editorial stuff as well so it's actually pretty cool in a time where you know we can't really be out there and and host events you know we're doing at-home wads things that'll help your running you know people are creating like in apartments they're creating their own obstacle races with like toilet paper and like hopping off the couch and hopping off the bed and like doing some silly stuff so it's actually pretty cool. So that that's my that's my nah, little that's good. Now. <laughs> no, I'm always intrigued about these companies and how they're pivoting um, in these times. Right. I've been doing a lot of stories about that lately and how they're bringing things virtually to still have people be connected. So like that's mm-hmm. that's definitely dope. Um, Brian, super cool. We saved you for last. <laughs> um, it sounds like you're gonna go way down in the hole here. What you got? Last time, if you remember, go really deep. Yeah, last really- time, if you remember, I uncovered that apparently I have a beef with Ja Rule. So the only way that, yeah, yeah, because he blocked me on Twitter, Maria. That's why. Do you think um, he's in charge of all this? Do you think it's like Firefest Part 2? I hope not. <laughs> because, because this one is actually a lot more costly than the other one. The other one was actually funny. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. funny, funny as, as funny as it could be. Pornhub is stepping up at times where we need them. And what do I always say, Dexter? I say this off mic, but I'm going to bring it on. You love violence? No. (laughs) Heroes are discovered at times where we need them the most. You know, in times of crises, (laughs) who steps up and who the true heroes are and who fades to black and we never hear from them. Pornhub is stepping up. What they're doing is they're making their website entirely premium free worldwide and 
they're donating to the relief efforts of the coronavirus with 50,000 masks and proceeds and all these great things that they're doing. The lead from the complex story is also pretty funny. For those who are either horny or will at some point be in the future, Pornhub has announced that they're giving away their premium service to masturbators worldwide. Because <laughs> apparently, because beforehand it was just Italy, because Italy's been slapped up with the virus, and now it's obviously in America and all these other places. So there's going to be a lot of surgical masks. There's going to be a lot of um, other things that are going on <laughs> worldwide. But yeah, Pornhub is stepping up. At a time, look, Pornhub is doing more than the president of the United States. I mean, I don't know how, like, flatly, how much more flatly do you want that? Like, we're at a time in 2020 where this is why people think we're living in a simulation, guys. It's because you have Pornhub out here stepping oh, up. We're definitely in a simulation. It's <laughs> this is the Truman Show all over again. Does, every, does, yeah, that, all over again. does everybody think Pornhub is Pornhub is out here doing the Lord's work? Is, there, is this is this the vibe that we're yeah. on here? They're yes. out here doing the Lord. Okay. Yes. Well, the president. Yes. The president is fucking us. But Pornhub is allowing us to fuck ourselves. Oh, <laughs> that 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 is the quote of the episode. That is the quote of the episode. Yeah. That is the quote of the episode that. delivered by <laughs> delivered by that. Maria. That is clipped. That'll be all over social. Done. I can't. That's wait. it. Porn, I can't wait. You know what? Brian is right. Uh, unexpected heroes step up in times of need. And there's a yeah. lot of people. Andrew Cuomo and Pornhub, baby. They're getting like, it done. It. Giving people a hand. <laughs> only fans i'm done <laughs> he's only fans i am done <laughs> oh man brian your mic is out again your mic is out again because you move too much damn it every every time every time i laugh loud like it's crazy I think uh, so. what was i gonna say are you one of the people that um that googled whether or not he's single or missed all of this um my mom is calling him my new dad Wow. Oh, oh, oh. wow. Oh, oh. So it is every time but it's okay. Okay. Yeah, every time I, I every time I call her, she's like, Hold on, I have to pause your new dad. I'm like, excuse me. She's like, Andy, Andy's on TV. Wow. I'm like, Oh, yeah, we're on the nickname basis. Wow. It's got a like, real oh. person. And she's like she's like, But but Maria, like, what if you were having a really bad day? You could just be like, Andrew, what do I do? And he'll be like, Don't worry, we're gonna get through it. Don't you worry, I have a plan. <laughs> I'm like, Mom. Ma. But see, that's how he's like, connected. He's connected like, with the people, man. He's connected with the people. He's really connecting with the people like, out here. I feel so comfortable with him in a crisis. I'm like, okay. Oh man, that me. You you know you know and sooner or later. My new dad. Yeah, <laughs> you know you know sooner or later people are gonna people are gonna you know try to detract them and things like that. You know that's coming. But we know we know it's coming. All said and done, he runs for president. I've been saying, I've been, I've been, he's looking good for him. We've been saying that. Joe Rogan stamped him, and I'm like, dog, Joe Rogan had, like, for some reason, people peg him. Yeah, but but for some reason, people (laughs) peg him as this right wing dude when he's not. It's just a lot of his fans are because a lot of his fans are from like different parts of America and things like that. But yeah, he basically was like, "Yo, Joe Biden can barely speak if you like listen to him. Like listen, he forgets what he's saying." I think he's like Andrew Cuomo. Put him in, coach. If put Cuomo jumped, if Cuomo could, he can. But if he could jump in the race right now, he'd have a lot of people's votes. He's hand- I think he's handled this very well. Um, not to get yeah. too political, not that we care on this podcast, yeah. but <laughs> I think he's handled it very well. And uh, you know what? I'm a, you know what? We don't give people awards. Thumbs up to Andrew Cuomo. Thumbs up to Pornhub. Yeah. Doing the Lord's work out here. We, we appreciate it, it. Honestly, we... Cuomo for president, Pornhub for VP. Yo. Yeah, I'm not, with it. Not a bad ticket. 
I, th- I think a lot of people, as a ticket, a lot of Instead people should get behind. buttons, they could give out condoms. Wow. Listen. A lot of people Listen, can get behind that. Dex, De- Dexter knows. Dexter knows. I'm all about supporting the porn websites and their ambitions to help. Uh, you know, <laughs> remember, remember, Bang Bros was trying to rename the Miami Heat yes, Arena the BBC, were. and I was here for it. Yeah. Oh, that, I, I was here I for wish, it. I wish. I I tweeted at them a clip of this podcast of my support for them to rename the arena, and they retweeted it. Bang Bros. You know the whole thing. I was like, oh, "Yo, we're God. out here!" Wow, that's fantastic. And and, and Dexter knows I want a uh, Trojan condom sponsorship, but we have to we have to Trojan Trojans running low. The pandemic really? them too. Yeah, yeah. That's why we just... mm. oh. No, that's a, that's a, that's like a one time for your mind bonus. We got it. We got it. We got to mm. help with that. We got to change. You that. Know who mm-hmm. told Who'd you say? You don't know who told you. Who told you? My mom told me that. My mom. Did she learn that from Andy? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. She was like, "Hey, just so you know, Trojans running low." I was she, like, "Mom, I'm tried. just gonna, I'm gonna save my questions." Yeah, yeah, we'll save the questions for later. <laughs> all right, all right, we, we we took up way too much of Maria's time. We're gonna wrap this up, Maria. Thank you for joining us for the first time on the podcast. Uh, for you can sure. see Maria. Remember, she's in the new episode of Sideline Stories um, yeah. that is out. And it is called Comfortable Being Strong. There is more to come with her on that front. So stay tuned to the content as we roll yeah. out. If you want to go back, you can see Maria. She's in season one of the Sports Walk as well. Brian's also in season one of the Sports Walk, second episode. Uh, I believe, Maria, you were number four. Uh, so you can watch the both of them if you want to go back and watch that. Maria, uh, we wish you... And then watch Side Hustle season one when you're done. Yes, you can watch that too. Which Maria, we got Maria. They, they gotta get Maria. We gotta get Maria on the side hustle. That's for sure. Maria's got. We gotta work that out somehow. Get her yeah. on the side hustle. I mean, I'd, I'd like, I'd like to bring the series back, but you know, uh, okay. this whole pandemic thing is Stop. making things difficult. A little bit but, difficult. But once we get past this as a nation, a lot of things are coming. A lot Trust of things are com- coming. And, I'm, I'm sure of and that. Por- 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 Pornhub would agree with that statement for sure. All right, that's it for episode. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that's it for episode 117 of the Hotel Podcast. For Maria Fraschilla and Brian Fonseca, uh, you know where to find us, support us, do the usual. Until next time, guys. Peace. Peace.